Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. After spending my entire career in the sports sales industry, I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and The Clubhouse. GSW is certainly picking up steam in search, recruiting, training, and consulting. The Clubhouse is a career development platform consisting of monthly webinars, in-depth training vault, job board, mentorship platform, blogs, and a focus on mental health. Be sure to sign up for a free membership at theclubhousecareers.com. In addition, thanks for everyone that has supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. For season three, I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path, three key topics that are current in the industry, three hustle hot seat questions, Three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now on to our guests this week. In this business, it doesn't matter what product you're selling or what sport you're leading. It's all about the people and process. Our next guest has not only sold and led quite a few teams, but is also a very strategic thinker and focuses on relationship-driven approach. I'm excited to have Chad Cardinal, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Operations for the Aspire Group. Chad, welcome to the show. Grateful to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Let's have some fun. Chad, we're going to have a lot of fun and certainly always always a pleasure talking to you and love talking shop. And so let's kick it off where we started. You know, ever since I got to know you over the last few years and what you bring to the table, you're one that focuses on a relationship-based approach towards creating really those win-win situations, whether that be internally or externally. And so why is that so important in being successful in this industry? I would say being relational and looking for win-win opportunities is more a life philosophy than a business philosophy. Um, you know, life is a team sport. Life isn't a zero sum game nor for me to win Travis, you don't have to lose, um, and vice versa. So, um, I think that's number one. And I think, you know, anything sustainable has to be win-win both parties need to be getting something from it. You can't be, you know, debiting all the time when you should be crediting at some point in time. And I'd say the other thing is I probably learned the lesson the hard way of, you know, I didn't always prioritize relationships early on in my career. You know, I, I focused so much on the numbers and the process and, um, you know, specifically the internal customers. So you talk about we take such good care of our external customers, but we might not necessarily take good care of our internal customers, our colleagues, our coworkers, the arena staff, whatever it might mean. And so uh, I would say maybe I, I burned the, burn the hand on the stove here. And now it's, you know, at the focal point of everything that we do, you know, day in and day out. No, that's awesome. And, you know, going back, Chad, from the beginning, you grew up in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. You go on to play baseball at Mayville State University. As you think back to your time, what did you think you wanted to do as a career? Yeah, I, I, this is a good story. Um, you know, I, I went to school to become a police officer originally, you know, at Mayville State. And um, I remember my first semester, uh, our professor, a retired law enforcement agent, said, you know, about two percent of what you see on tv is what my day-to-day was like and what 98 percent of it was on the beat and i remember thinking well this this might not be for me and so like me of course i needed to hear it from a couple people so i called a couple police officers i knew or, or visited the police officers in town and they they confirmed that you know what you're seeing on tv and the movies is pretty uncommon so uh i had to regroup at, at semester break and good for me i found that out you know right away and i think you know for the audience that may be listening is that you know a great thing about any internship or schooling is you the best thing you can learn is this is what I want to do. The next best thing is this isn't for me. And so I learned quickly that this wasn't for me. And so you know my plan B uh, quickly became my plan A plus, which was sports. Um, and so I originally 
had two paths I wanted to pursue is the business side of sports and then exercise science. So I, I always dreamed of being working in a lab coat in Gainesville, Florida, working for Gatorade, you know, studying <laughs> human performance. And um, a good story to come from that is my school had an exercise science degree and a sports management program. Um, and they were, they weren't, uh, there wasn't a lot of crossover. And I remember coming home and complaining to my dad one day and saying, you know, if I'm going to do both these degrees, I'm going to stay there for six years. And that's not for me. I've got a career in life to go build. And I remember him saying like very stoically, like, why don't you just ask them what it would take to do a double major, you know, in those. And so, um, you know, that was a good lesson there and asking a question, you know, people want to partner with you to help you get things. So long story short, I met with both department heads and, you know, present the presentation on, you know, why it'd be good for the school if I could double major in exercise science and sports management. And, you know, I was the first graduate of that degree and now it's, now it's a common degree. Now so it's common. Really, yeah. Really good. You're a trendsetter. Uh, I don't know about that. I just listened to my dad, who I, I, I trust, admire, respect, and love, obviously. And um, to me, the biggest lesson there was like creative problem solution, you know, problem solving never goes out of style. Um, and, 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 you know, like, like in work, people who are invested in you want to help you. Um, so come with an idea. And I remember very vividly my first iteration of that presentation to the department heads was how it was good for me. You know, and and after a couple run throughs with you know trusted allies, it was like, understand that it's all about you in this presentation. You've got to make it about us What's or them. Picture? Yeah. So that was uh, that was good learning. And I had a great, great experience there. And so, I mean, after that first semester of college, I was laser focused on building a career in sports. Wasn't sure exercise science or sports management, but had had opportunities because Maple State partnered with me. Yeah. And you, you made the most of the opportunity. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of times there lessons learned and, and it ended up working out for you. You end up starting, you know, getting your career started, selling at the Minnesota Timberwolves where you spent four years and you were one of the top producers in the NBA. And as you think back to that time, selling tickets, what did you do early on in your career to help you have so much success? Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think the first thing I did and I didn't understand it until, you know, more recently is I hit the lottery with my manager David McElwee hired me and DMAC was an absolute lottery ticket for me. Um, and I had to pause here and say, DMAC, I'm sorry for being hard to manage early on. I'm sorry <laughs> for letting my passion get in the way sometimes. Thanks for the unlimited grace and patience you extended to me. I'm grateful. But DMAC was perfect. He sat right across from me. He critiqued almost every phone call I made. You know, great job asking for the referral, but you didn't ask for it in an open-ended manner. Let's talk about that. Yep. Um, he was with me side by side on um, probably my first six months worth of meetings. Um, he did a lot of the selling. I did a lot of the listening. So I'd say one is I, I lucked out with a really good manager um, in DMAC. DMAC. And then secondly, I just, and this might be an opportunity for some of your listeners too, is just do what you're asked. You know, I, I had an activity quota or root quota, uh, you know, number of phone calls, emails, arena tours, appointments, et cetera. I just did what I was at, what was asked of me. And I tried to do it better than and quicker than expected, as long as I can maintain quality. So I'd say I got had a great manager who cared about me and, and put up with me, you know, frankly, as a 22 year old that was having a lot of success. DMAC um, really was useful and helpful there. And then secondly, I, I trusted my leaders um, and did what I was asked. 
And, you know, we kicked it off and this has been a common theme of 52 weeks of hustle is, is it all starts and stops with people, you know, people yeah. lead and, and money and title responsibility follow. And, you know, Chad is, as you're having success, you then transition to leadership first with sporting KC for a few years and then into the Boston Bruins for three years. What drew you down that leadership route? I think early on, it was just what was next. You know, I just felt like kind of a graduation from an individual performer to leadership. Um, but what kept me there is, you know, being energized by teaching people something and then seeing them do it and be successful. And then furthermore, seeing them teach somebody else it. So I quickly learned that um, I drew more energy and more joy and fulfillment from helping others get what they wanted compared to what I, I wanted. So that's what kept me in there. But candidly, it was kind of the next job. I wanted to be like my manager and uh, be a manager. But what kept me was the ability to help others get what they want. No, absolutely. Well, after five years of successful leadership experience there on the team side, you joined the Aspire Group where you've been for the over the last seven and a half years. And as you and many listeners know, I'm very fond of the Aspire Group and, it, and going back to people, you know, Dr. Bernie Mullen and Bill Fagan, two of my, my great friends and mentors and, and certainly previous guests on 52 Weeks of Hustle. Why was joining the Aspire Group the right fit for you? Yeah. Those two gentlemen you mentioned, they're are legends and heroes of mine. So, I mean, that was intriguing enough as it was. But what happened was um, with the Aspire Group, I had the opportunity to come to the Aspire Group and uh, be a vice president of ticket sales and premium sales for a basketball franchise. And I was pursuing both those that are parallel path. And I remember the dates may be wrong, but it was something like I interviewed with the Aspire Group in California on Thursday and Friday and I interviewed with the basketball team on Monday and Tuesday. And I remember I was talking with Tony Garrett at the time, and Tony's our senior vice president of family relationship management and DEI, one of the most fundamentally sound people you can meet. You, you can meet just a, a, a awesome dude. Um, but when he offered me the job, you know, I shared with him that I was pursuing another opportunity, you know, and if it'd be okay with him, I'd love to make a decision after I fulfill that commitment. And when I said that, I knew this could go one of two ways, and I'd probably learn a lot about the company, right? He'd either say, well, you got 72 hours, and if not you, we're going to go on to the next person. we got a partner that's waiting for somebody, you know, that sort of thing. Or he could have done what he did, which was, oh, Chad, that's awesome, man. We love to hire people who have opportunities at other places as well. So why don't you go have a great interview there? Hopefully you have the opportunity to decide. Um, but I'll revisit with you, you know, 24 hours after you're, you're, you're back type of thing. And that that was a good window to what the company is, you know, a people-driven company. And so what what really drew me to the Aspire Group was a lot of the people that I was admiring in the industry as a young professional were saying that they are Bernie Mullen disciples. Right? I learned a lot from Bernie. I came from his coaching tree. So I knew who he was and what he did. And I remember just hearing his name all the time at ALSD and other you know, uh, industry events. And so he was always on my radar. The legend. It, but it's all true. It's all yep. true with him. Um and so I really wanted to be a Bernie disciple, Bernie Bowen's disciple. And so that was really interesting to me. And, you know, Bernie walked his talk because he flew out from Atlanta to San Jose, California for that interview with me and Tony. And he, he inconvenienced himself as the CEO. And at that time, he would have been my boss's 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 boss, you know. And so he but it was important enough for him to come on out. And so that was really telling to me. But what I didn't know is that in addition to becoming a Bernie Mullen you know, guy, I had the opportunity to become a Bill Fagan guy. And um, so that was really intriguing to me as well. So I'd say 
kind of the industry reputation of the Aspire Group uh, was important to me. Yep. My experience throughout the interview process. And, and, and something I'd love to share is that, you know, one thing I really had to make peace at when I accepted the job with Tony is, you know, it was a different title than what I was getting with the basketball club. Right. Um, and so I remember like minimizing the feelings that LinkedIn might bring, you know, so yeah. I, I managed yeah. those feelings and kind of delayed um, gratification. Uh, and it's one of the best career decisions I've been able to make, but um, you know, it was, it was the industry reputation. It was the way I was treated throughout the process. Um, and those things have remained steadfast almost eight years later. No, that's awesome. Great story. And, you know, the, the Aspire Group's company that partners with sports entities to grow revenue and attendance. They generate over $200 million annually. You served over 200 plus brands and properties across 11 countries, 17 different sports. You have 47 fan relationship management centers. They're currently operating across the USA. And you, you've held five different roles in your time there. So what do you feel like you've done on a consistent basis to help grow your career? I'm in an organization where they think about my career more than I do. Uh, they prioritize my career growth. They're thinking about what's next for me before I'm thinking about what's next for me. And that's such a fertile environment to be your best, right? Um, I think, you know, the things I controlled is I, I'm unbelievably curious uh, about a lot of things. And so I think asking about the business, being interested in the business, um, having access to the executive team and them being willing to share was helpful. Um but I mean, I really think it stems to the first thing is I had other people thinking about my career and development uh, more so than me. But I think, you know, we've got intentional things that we do to talk about career. So we set, a time, set aside to talk about each person's career, you know, so it's not just the annual performance review, which is a really meaningful. And, 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 and usually if you do it right, the most high leverage conversation of the year. But we've got, you know, a check in a six month check in an informal performance review that. You know, I'll do with Bill at the end of the first of the year, but what make after the first of the year, but what makes it I think unique is we not only measure you know the progress against the objectives we agreed for me for this fiscal year, but we also do a start, stop, continue exercise. So what are, but it's two-way. It's not just Bill it's telling me what ends, I should start yeah. doing. Yeah. It's not Bill just telling me what I should start doing or what I should stop doing or what I should make sure I continue doing. It's me giving it to him too. And so I've always thought like a good barometer of a great company is if somebody, if you were to be teleported into mine and Bill's one-on-one, -on -one, you wouldn't be able to tell who's the direct report and who's the manager. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Chad Cardinal, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Operations for the Aspire Group. And and Chad, let's get into, certainly we can talk about career and your career for hours, And but let's get into the three hot topics. In question one, you're out on the West Coast, but you have projects all across the country that you assist with and, and Aspire Group based in Atlanta. What's your advice on being able to lead teams from afar and ensure that everyone is efficient and effective? Mm, yeah, remote management or relationships are tough, but they're becoming easier, you know, obviously, the more we get experience in it. So what I'd say is like the, the tent poles of leadership, prioritization, awareness and communication are unchanged, you know, unchanged no matter what. Those three things are, are the tent poles of leadership. I think the tactics differ. So I don't have the benefit of the doubt that I did when I was in the office with somebody and they were two doors down to know this person has been in three straight meetings and it'd be great if I gave them a break, you know? So it's my responsibility to figure out, understand what that person's day looks like. Do they enjoy, you know, text messages, teams, calls, phone calls, meet them on their ground. What puts us in the position to be most successful, be adaptable. And I think the other thing is that there's a good understanding, especially on the West coast is that, I can send an email at four o'clock for me, my time at seven o'clock for somebody else. Um, and I know that they're going to be looking at their phone. So I might hold that email till the next morning just so that they can have that peace of mind that night or not like they need to act. So um, I would say that the, the the elements of leadership are the same. The, the work you need to do takes a little longer, but it's so rewarding. And I think the other thing that I'd say that I, I, I abide to and subscribe to religiously is that you know, during standard working hours, I want to be available for our partners and our people. Um, and so if I've got expense reports to do or, you know, one, one person projects, I try to do those before or after working hours so that I can literally be available to our people. Because there's a big difference between being accessible and available. Accessible is like you can get me, but you need to come find me. Right. Available is like I'm out in the pit with you. Here you are. Exactly. And, and I'm happy to see you versus let me finish this email and then come see you. And I think that's great advice, no matter what you're doing in this industry and really any industry is, are you maximizing money hours? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of people, you know, struggle to do that. And you're moving on, Chad, question two, in your current role, you're involved in fan relationship management, fundraising, ticket ops, ticket sales, ticket marketing, sponsorship, strategy, analytics, business develop opportunities. I'm, I'm running out of breath because of <laughs> what you guys do and what you are, are tasked with on a consistent basis. So for your end, what have you done to help yourself become so well-rounded? As you go through that list of things that I get to take part in, I can't help but thinking how lucky am I, right? Um, that's that's awesome. Um, so I, I, I think the biggest thing I've done is my interests in business don't just lie with sports business. So I'm equally as interested in the airline business or uh, how Whole Foods operates. And so I think those sorts of elements have given me different perspectives of things. So while I religiously listen to 52 Weeks of Hustle, I also religiously listen to how I built this or founders podcast. And so I try to um, increase my learning, you know, indirectly through what I put into my mind and uh, in my ears. Um and I think the other thing is, you know, I've had a, a, a manager that's cared about me and said, hey, I can see you have an interest in A, B, and C. Let me expose you to A and B right now, and C will be coming later. Um, you know, I've had a manager and Bill that, um, you know, cares about me as much as he cares about himself or even more. You know, puts me and my career interests probably above his. And what a great example that is to learn from because obviously there's a waterfall effect on that. 
So I'd say, you know, curiosity, but then action as well. Um, working to learn, working to learn elements that I think come up through, you know, non-revenue elements. No, absolutely. Great advice. And certainly appreciate you. You're always tuning into 52 Weeks of Hustle. And, and finally, question three, continuous learning and education, as we just talked about, is always important, no matter what it is. And for you, you went back and received your MBA from Pepperdine a few years ago, and you now work as an adjunct you know, professor at Pepperdine. What's your advice to listeners on getting that MBA? Mm. Uh, it was one of the best things I ever did. Um, but it's not for everybody. And, it, it, and, I, and I say that in terms of um, it's not required uh, by any means. And so there's other industries that appreciate an MBA more than ours at this point in time, but there's no, um, there's no uh, regret in, in doing it. So, I mean, I develop lifelong friends and people I still talk to a couple times a week, people I can bounce ideas off of, but the, the thing that was most helpful to me is I was thinking about it for a very long time. I had two, two things that were really helpful to me is one is I saw Bill go through it, right? I saw Bill go through it. And at that time we were probably spending a couple of weeks together. Now we're probably or a couple hours together a week. And now we're probably spending a couple hours together a day. But at that time, every time I was in, involved with him, it felt like he said the most by saying the least yep. or he was on step three and everybody else was on step two. And it was almost like, you know, like in college, you, you be, meet up with your high school buddies at holiday break or in the summer. And you're like, boy, that, that, that person was hitting the weight room hard. You know, you can tell like, with Bill, it almost felt like intellectually, he was just growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Um, you know, there was meetings we'd have that were like a half hour and he'd speak for 45 seconds and he'd be like, that's a, that was it, you know? So seeing his growth and development was unbelievably intriguing to me. The hardest decision I had to make, Travis, was uh, I couldn't decide between like a, a, a PMSA, you know, a sports management master's yeah, or an MBA. And so I was in Atlanta one time. I talked to Bernie. We went to Mellow Mushroom by the office. Had a great of run. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember telling him, like, I can't figure out which one I want to do. And he said to me, well, what's your, what's your, what's your goals? And I said, you know, to increase my potential, Bernie, I want to learn as much as I possibly can. And he said, well, if that's important to you, then I'd recommend an MBA. I've taught in both programs. I know what the requirements are for professors, et cetera. So I said, okay, great, Bernie, I'm, I'm there. Now what do you recommend go in person or online? Do I get the best degree I can get online or do I go in person? And he said, well, let's talk about in, in classic, you know, level five leader just listens, listens, listens. And he goes, let me ask you a question, Chad. Let's say you get a chance to interview for a job, um, pick a team, you know, would you, would you do it online or would you go in person? Said, you gotta be kidding me. I'm going in person. And I gave him, you know, 20 reasons why he's like, well, it seems to me that that's what you should do. You know? So he walked <laughs> me right to my answer. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, the, the thing I will say is, um, important. I think there's two things that are really important that once you make a decision to get an MBA is one is get buy-in from your partner or your family. That's so critical, so critical. And then buy-in from your work. I mean, when I was at school, I was at school and I couldn't be bothered. And that was a gift during breaks. I wasn't checking emails or returning right. a phone call. So two things I'd say is get buy-in from your partner, your spouse, your family, get buy-in from your work because then you can really be free love, love it. Well, Chad, this has been great. Always pleasure talking shop to you and certainly appreciate all the advice. And to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? 
Let's do it. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's probably less about the meal and more about the people around the table, but the meal would probably be steak, mashed potatoes, green beans, broccoli sort of thing. Love it. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Jason Sudeikis. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Start a business. To close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Well, the first thing I'd say, I don't want this to come as my number one, one of my three is um, don't try to be in my shoes. Do your own thing. Yeah. You know, you know, that's right. number zero. Number one would be um, nothing's more important than a relationship. You know, think in decades, not days, if you can. Number two is your professional development is your responsibility. Anything you get from your employer or any experiences you get to enjoy are gravy. Own your development. Be intentional about it. And number three, I'd say, is a, a flourishing and vibrant personal life is great for your career. Outstanding for your career. Jad, awesome. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise and our friendship. Grateful for the opportunity and thanks for what you do for this industry. Appreciate you. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.